Well, ladies and gentlemen, you'll hear from me a little bit later on in the service this morning. I'm going to be telling you my story, uh, the innkeeper's story that you might not have heard before. I know a number of you have been bad-mouthing me throughout these last two millennia. You think I'm some sort of cold-hearted, ice-blooded innkeeper who turns away pregnant ladies. Well, it's not true, but I'm going to set the record straight a little bit later on. But for the meantime, I'd like to hand you over to our Master of Ceremonies this morning, our Creative Director, Nana Beth, for our 2021 Christmas Spectacular. Thank you, Beth. Good, good morning and welcome all. Let's begin with prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you and we praise you for this day. Lord, we're so grateful to be here in this place, in this time. Lord, we just think of all those people across the world that do not have the same privilege that we have here. And we just remember them. Lord, we remember the people that are this day packing up to get out of flood water uh, up in, up in the uh, northern part of New South Wales. We think of many people across this world. But Lord, we do give you thanks and praise for today. We thank you, Father God, that we can be here and we just bless these children that are going to take part in the adults, Father. And we just say, Lord, come Holy Spirit and fill this place with the presence of the living God that we will go from this place better than when we came in. Thank you. We're going to start with a, uh, all of us singing, O Come Holy Faithful, the first Noel and Silent Night. Please stand. in fear 
That's all, everyone. Please be seated. <laughs> I just need to give you a little explanation. As none of you, of course, have been aware, we haven't had anything really happening this year that has uh, put things into a bit of an uh, up-and-down situation. Well, we have. We've had COVID, as you know. So we didn't really know uh, back when we started thinking about Christmas, which we usually do round about... October, whether we would be able to be here or not here. So this morning you're going to be, uh, you're going to see some part of this presentation on the screen. Uh, Brody has uh, very good, he's excellent at this, has filmed some of the situations. And to remember too that the characters in it are looking back to what they saw and what they felt and what they heard is not them actually being there alive. It's them looking back at that situation. So stop and think and just look to what we're doing today is representing a, a, a memory and thinking about what happened on that wonderful day that just turned the world upside down. And so here we are. Thanks, Brody. Good morning and welcome. I'm going to tell you an amazing story that I was part of and it changed the world. Yes, me, a lowly donkey just helping Joseph carry timber to his carpenter's shop so that he could make furniture and fix things. 
for the people of Nazareth. Well, the day began as normal and I heard Mary talking to Joseph, saying... Good morning and welcome. I'm going to tell you an amazing story that I was part of and it changed the world. Yes, me, a lowly donkey, just helping Joseph carry timber to his carpenter's shop so that he could make furniture and fix things for the people of Nazareth. Well, the day began as normal and I heard Mary talking to Joseph, saying they need to travel to Bethlehem because a census was being taken of entire Roman world and everyone had to go to the house of lineage. They belonged to the house of David, so they would have to go to Bethlehem. So I packed up the go with goods for the journey. Mary walked along with Joseph beside me, but Mary mostly rode on my back as she was expecting a baby and very soon. Oh, the crowds of people all heading to Bethlehem. The families all chatter to one another. When we arrived in Bethlehem, the streets were so crowded with people all seeking for a place to stay. Joseph tried many places, but the same reply came back, full no room. It was, it was getting late and Joseph was upset. Then I heard Mary say, Joseph, please, the baby is coming and we need to find a place quickly. An, in an innkeeper heard and said, I have a stable and I will put a fresh straw in there and it will at least be warm and dry. So Joseph led me to the store, unpacked the bundles and made us as comfortable as possible. Little did I know that I, would, that I would see and be part of a world-changing event. Even when I heard the baby cry, saw shepherds come. Later, we traveled to Egypt, then eventually back to Nazareth. Years later, I remember back to that time. My grandson was now involved in that baby's life. He was now a young man and he was riding on his back into Jerusalem. Yes, as the young man rode on the donkey, people waved palm branches and some even threw cloaks and branches on the ground. After that, we heard that the young man was crucified. I'm going to tell you an amazing... We've now got one of our young pupils, young uh, Rachel, is going to play for us. Thank you. 
And now we're going to sing While Shepherds Watched. Please sing along. As you can see, I am a shepherd today. And you're welcome to stand if you wish. It is a good night to reminisce. The weather is good, the sky are light with stars, just reminding us of that night. Yes, we were terrified that night. We had to put the ship together and put across the front area so that they would be safe. All of a sudden, the light lit up brighter than the daylight and we saw angels and heard the songs of worship and praise. After hearing them, we decided to go to Bethlehem. Wake up! The mountain takes the Bethlehem. Why are we going to Bethlehem? In Bethlehem, as we pushed through the crowds following the angel's instructions, we were led to a manger where we found a mother, father, and baby. We had been told that the baby was the Son of God. I just want to go back to sleep. <laughs> we could not believe that God chose us to see this amazing event. Maybe God was telling us that he cares for us, his children, just as we, shepherd, care for our sheep and would defend them from all harm. King David wrote us some. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. We stayed there for a while and went back to our fields. We are never the same because of what we saw and heard and we told everyone who listened. Time for sleep. Is it time for sleep, Evelyn? She's not going to do it. Um, tomorrow comes and a new day begins.
And now Emanuela is going to play Silent Night. Just give them a, mo a moment while we get the microphone set up. And now we're going to continue by singing Silent Night.
and worship. We will need a larger group of angels, not only to light up the sky, but to let our praises be sound all around the heavens. Join us in singing Hark the Angels Sing. stand please turn your little lights on and we're going to sing here we are to worship
Let's sing. Light of the world, you stepped down into darkness. Open my eyes, let me see. Beauty that made this heart adore you. Hope of a life spent with you. So here I am to worship. And that night there were other animals too. We've got uh, two little cows and we've got the little dove that sat high in the, in the rafters and proclaimed that Christ was born. I've lost my cows. <laughs> Could somebody go and find them? In the, in, they must have gone out to be milked. Oh dear, never mind. <laughs> Bronwyn, can you get the little cows, please? Here they come. Here they come. <laughs> come on. We try to keep the stable warm. Maybe they'll eat our milk. Thank you very much. Thank you. And here comes our <laughs> and here comes our little doves. Christ is risen! Christ is risen! Thank you. And we now go to the wise men. Part of this has been filmed and, and there will be live wise men on the stage, but their speaking has been filmed.
Well, what a time we have had since leaving the east. Little did we know when we were searching the skies and found that strange star and decided that it was important and we must follow it, what would transpire? Many nights and days across the desert and we come to Bethlehem, go straight to Herod's palace. That was our thinking, but Herod knew nothing about that star, knew nothing about prophecy and the star being a sign of a king being born. We were asked to leave for a while and we were told he called together all the chief priests and teachers of the law and asked where the Christ was to be born. They told him, but you, Bethlehem in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. We saw that our visit disturbed him and he called us to meet with him in secret. We knew something was not right, especially when he said he wanted to find the child so he could worship him. Herod only wanted everyone to worship Herod. Yes, we left and kept following the star until it came to rest on that stable. What a surprise to see that family. But we knew that this baby was the promised one from God. We gave them gifts of gold, incense, myrrh, in a way that were strange gifts to give a child, strange treasures, but we were guided to give them and we believe that the time will tell what each gift was used for. We bowed down and worshipped him. Then we left and wondered what way to go home, as there was no way we were going back anywhere that Herod would know. The night before we left, we each had a dream and were told not to go back to Herod. So we took a different route. So sitting around this fire and pondering on all that has happened, you could say we saw, heard, listened, and followed and preserved from the time we saw the star in the heavens that led us on a journey that has changed our lives forever. We believe that this amazing event will continue to turn the world upside down forever. World upside down forever. Thank you. So we're now going to hear from the innkeeper. Well, good morning, everybody. The name's Reuben. I'm uh, the local innkeeper in a certain little town outside Jerusalem. Now, I can see in your eyes, I can see what you're thinking, you're judging me. Well, don't be so judgy. Stop jumping to conclusions. Stop assuming. Because I can see it in your eyes, what you think of me. I know the stories you've all been telling yourselves for these past two millennia about me and what I did on that fateful night. It's not funny. I know what you're thinking because I, I was there and I reckon it's time to set the record straight. You think I'm some sort of cold-hearted, sort of ruthless landlord that turns away pregnant women. Well, it wasn't like that at all. I would never... I would never turn away. Anyway, I feel as though I need to let you know what actually happened that night. Like I said, my name's Reuben. I'm a well-known man in Bethlehem in my town. My family's been in the city of David for generations and generations and generations. And I know that you think that I'm some sort of fancy hotel. You call me an innkeeper, but really... It's not what you modern Aussies would think of as a, as a hotel or a, or a motel. It was really just a large house and, and not even terribly large by your modern Aussie standards. You see, my grandfather Isaac built it many years ago with he and, and his wife and he had 11 kids. 
He built his house so that he could fit himself and all of his kids in. And that was really about it. I'm not a wealthy man. I just wanted to do my bit. You see, back in my day, you might not understand this, but offering hospitality was very, very important. The kids had all grown up. And so my wife, Rachel, and I thought we'd help out. We just wanted to offer a little bit of hospitality. We just wanted to welcome the weary travellers into our home. So again, I say, you might call it an inn, but really, it was just our spare rooms. We thought, well, we'd let it be known that we were prepared to take in a traveller or two. Well, my wife Rachel's known for having the best lamb stew in all of the tribe of Benjamin. And so they started to come. Most nights, we'd have a traveller or two. Some other nights, we'd have quite a few. And they kept coming back. Like I said, Rachel's lamb stew got known throughout the land. So whenever someone was coming to Bethlehem, they'd always check in on us. They'd always knock on our door and, and ask for a room. And we were, we were happy to help out. You see, back in those days, if you wanted to travel anywhere, there wasn't any of your big fancy hotel chains like you've got today. Back in my day, if you wanted to go anywhere, you had to rely on the hospitality of the locals in that place. So it was only fair that we in Bethlehem should do the same thing. Like I said, my grandfather Isaac built this house, so Rachel and I thought we would simply open our doors and do the right thing. Of course, you have to remember that we good Jews were commanded by our heavenly Father to, to welcome the stranger. In the scroll of what you call Leviticus, in chapter 19, verse 34, it says, Treat the foreigner as a native born, for you yourselves were once foreigners in Egypt. So it was a matter of pride. If your household or your tribe or your town got known for Offering poor hospitality, it was a source of tremendous shame. So you've got to believe me, folks. You've got to believe me. I wanted to do the right thing that night. I tried to do the right thing. It was a result of those wretched Romans. Taxation was all it was about. They just wanted taxes, taxing my people till the pips squeaked. So they all came. All people from Bethlehem, from all over the nation came flooding back into town that night. They knocked on our door. Well, I let them in. I, the doors kept on opening. People kept on coming. We had a reputation in town. Go and, go and see Reuben and Rachel, they'd say. They've got a room. So late into the night, the knock on the doors kept happening. I kept waking up and stepping over bodies. Our house got completely filled up that night. Eventually I had to put people in, in our room with, with, with Rachel and myself. Eventually all three of our guest rooms were completely full bodies on the floor and still the knocks on the door came. It was a bitter cold night that night. I remember it well. Still the knocks kept coming and eventually, I must admit to you, to my shame, I got a little bit impatient. I got a little bit frustrated. There's nothing more I could do, friends. No one else I could welcome in. We were completely full up and I had to start turning people away. I had to. There was no more room. We couldn't fit anyone else in. I started getting up in the middle of the night now. Still the knocks on the door came. I just yelled, sorry, no more room, no room. I didn't like doing it, but I, what was I to do? And then one more knock on the door came. I'm not proud of it. But what could I do? The knock on the door came. I stumble out of bed, bleary-eyed, as you can imagine. Like I say, I was a bit impatient, a bit grumpy. I just wanted to go to sleep. It was bitter cold. I wanted to be in bed like everybody else. But this knock on the door just wouldn't stop. They wouldn't give up. So I staggered out of bed. No more room, no more room. 
And a voice came back, please, sir, we're desperate. Please, just open up the door. We, we, we really need your help. Well, this young fella it would have been wouldn't take no for an answer. I opened up the door just a crack and peered out through the door. There's a young-looking bloke, a fit bloke, a worker by the look of him, seen plenty of sun. He said, we've been down from Nazareth. I said, Nazareth? Can anything good come out of Nazareth? What would a good Jewish family, why would you go from Bethlehem up to Nazareth? And what were they doing? What were they thinking? And again, my anger started, impatience, ah. Again, the bitter cold's blowing in through my front door. He said, please, my little Mary, we're desperate. Well, I took a look at his little Mary and I can tell you she wasn't so little. She was about as pregnant as a woman can be. But only a slip of a lass, barely a teenager. Well, I said, go see some family. You must have family in town. You have to remember, folks, the only reason they were even in Bethlehem that night because they had to return to their hometown. They would have had family in the town. I said, go look them up. They must have some room for you. And I cast my eye again to his little Mary and then it all made sense. Something about wild stories had been circulating. The nature and the manner in which she became pregnant and, well, it became clear to me that was why they couldn't go and see family or maybe they'd tried and gotten turned away. Young Joseph was his name. He said, please, mister, we're desperate. And I looked across at Mary on a donkey. I don't know where they got the donkey from, but they were desperate. She grabbed a tummy and winced. Well, I couldn't turn away. What could I do? And then it came to me. The stable out the back. It'd have to do. It wasn't much, but it was dry. So I braced myself against the wind and pushed them out and led them around the back of my inn. Remember, it's just a house, just a bit of a stable. I shooed the animals out of their pen, out into the wind and the sleet. I cleaned up their mess as best I could. I, I put down some, some clean straw to at least they had some sort of a dry and clean corner out of the elements, out of the wind and all the driving sleet that night. Mary was in a bit of pain, you could tell. And I could tell you that young carpenter had no idea what he was doing. He said, mister, we're desperate. Is there a midwife in these parts? I think we might need one in the next couple of days. I said, son, you're going to need one sooner than that, I can tell you. So my Rachel's about as good as anyone in that regard. I'll go and get her. Went and got Rachel out of bed. She shooed myself and the young carpenter out of the stable, said, this is no business for men, pushed us out of the way. Well, I went back into the house and for what seemed like an eternity. We just waited. till eventually she came bursting back in the door. It's a boy, she said. It's a boy. She said, they didn't even bring any baby clothes. She said, I had to wrap him in, in strips of old swaddling bands that I had lying around. I was pretty excited about it. I went out to congratulate the young husband. I went out there and, well, he was a beautiful little baby boy. Beautiful mother and father. I must admit, a strange peace kind of settled upon me and over my old barn that night. I was about to go back to bed and leave them to it. When, and all of a sudden I heard a ruckus. Over the field, over the paddock, you'd call it here in Australia. Over, the, over my fence line, I could see some, a mob of, mob of people coming towards me with my, my lantern light. I couldn't believe it. As they got closer, I could see that there was a pack of filthy shepherds coming onto my property. Filthy scoundrels they were. They brushed right past me, mind you, the local landowner and a, a well-to-do man in the town not paying me any mind at all, rushed straight past me. Something about them, though, knew that I couldn't put them off. They were wide-eyed, they were, excited. They were sort of 
looked like they'd seen a ghost almost, but were quite happy about it. They just raced past me. They just were like made a beeline around the back to my old stable. Well, I followed them around trying to sort of object, but they wouldn't hear a word of They found the child by which stage the mother laid him in an old feed trough of mine. They knelt down and started worshipping this baby. I couldn't believe it. I was about to run these filthy shepherds off when the young father, Joseph, caught my eye and just calmed me down. He came over and he said, it's okay. They've just come to worship the Christ child. The Christ child. The the Messiah. In, In my stable... In, in, in my manger, but delivered by my wife, Rachel. And then all of a sudden, it, I don't know what happened, but I, I knew it was true that night. The shepherds, rough men. You've got to understand, Australians, these shepherds, they were rough, tough men. They didn't show emotions easily. They had tears streaming down their face. They were worshipping. They were singing psalms to this newborn infant. Some were reaching in and touching the child. I knew it was true. And you know what? I knelt down there beside them that night. Tears streaming down my face. And I sang a psalm of praise that night with them. Worshipping the Christ child. Emmanuel, God with us that night. Born in, in my stable placed in in my manger with my wife's swaddling clothes wrapped around him. I heard a story from one of the old shepherds who who caught me up with what had happened. He said, we saw angels in the sky, choirs of angels, heavenly glory, he said. He told of it. The Messiah foretold for generations by my people was born tonight and the sign they should look for was a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes. Let this be a lesson for you this day. Can I encourage you to not be like your old Uncle Reuben here, doubtful, a bit hard around the edges, hard of heart, ready to run off the stranger, so harried and frazzled that night, too busy and, and too stressed. I almost missed the Christ child coming and visiting me. Can I encourage every one of you here this morning to make sure that you make room for this Christ child, that you make room for Emmanuel, God with us, in your house, yes, in your home, in your heart. I saw that baby one more time. He'd grown to be a man, a carpenter, just like his father, of course. He came back around these parts. He was preaching like a rabbi. Who would have thought a carpenter preaching like a rabbi? Well, I tell you, it was preaching like I'd never heard before. We knew it had the the ring of truth about it. This was indeed the Messiah. This was indeed the Christ, the long-awaited Savior. Come to die in my place. Died in order that I might live, in order that I might be reconciled with God. In my stable, in my manger. And I nearly turned him away. Don't be like me, friend. Welcome the Christ into your life. Welcome him into your heart and truly live. Live an abundant resurrection life in this life and the next. Amen. Thank you for listening to my story today, everybody. I'm going to hand over to Nana Beth. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, thank you. That's our presentation for today. I want you to, we're going to, now if you just remain seated, the the children are going to give 
out just a little little gift to you all before we go. And as we usually do, we finish with joy to the world. And I think it is so appropriate this year. Um, and I didn't think I'd be upset, but this is my last year. I'm stepping down um, and handing my the wonderful children's ministry over to my team. And um, so um, it's a bit emotional. <laughs> well, we can't let it go unmarked, can we? I have, I have been involved in children's ministry from the time I was 16, only giving a break when I did my nursing training at War Memorial Hospital and then my obstetrics at Crown Street. Um, but from then on in, I have, because I believed what Jesus said, and that's what today has been all about, is taking Christ into your heart and believing what he said and go ahead and do it. Because Jesus said, let the children come unto me and forbid them not, for such is the kingdom of heaven. And if you look across our world today, what children are having to put up with, none of us at our ages had to even hear some of the words that are being spoken out, in, even in schools and so forth. So we really need to take up the challenge and so it's, it's with regret, but it is with a purpose in God that I feel this, this is the time and I'm handing over. So thank you. We are going to now have the children given out the little gifts. Right, we will stand and finish with joy to the world and make it joyful, make it important in your heart that today you go forth from this place don't go away if you haven't accepted Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. Please, take today the time to say yes to Jesus because that's the joy that will be in your heart, that nothing, nothing can take it away. Nothing can take that deep joy away because Christ in you is the hope of glory. So let us stand and sing joy to the world. Before we do that, let's uh, say thank you to Beth. Nana Beth, Beth Wills, we've got a bunch of flowers on behalf of a grateful church family. Thank you for many, many years of service to our children. Uh, thank you for your dedication. Thank you for your hard work. Thank, thank you for your willingness to use your gifts for God's glory. We've got you a bunch of flowers and there's also a little card in here, a little token of our appreciation. Uh, she's uh, spent so much uh, time and probably a dollar or two uh, down at Spotlight, putting together these wonderful costumes where we thought we might reimburse you with a spotlight, a bit of spotlight love there for you, in addition uh, to, uh, to this wonderful bunch of flowers. So, uh, Beth Wills, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. Yeah.